Hi, I'm Stephanie Webster from the Urban Health Method, and thank you for joining us here on the podcast, Keeping Busy People Healthy. And I specialize in gut gut health. I've got ulcerative colitis, and I'm always interested in any product or service that can improve the quality of our microbiome and our gut. And today we're going to be talking about fermented products and we have the gorgeous Ben Payne on the show and Ben thank you so much for coming on bottlebrushferments.com is that correct? That's right that's us yeah thanks so much for having me Steph. Tell us a little bit about your company what you do your products. Right yeah so basically we are a London-based fermented food company we specialize in live raw lacto-fermented kimchis and sauerkrauts. Uh, we have a product range of five, soon to be six products, and we are looking at developing a range of fermented uh, hot sauces, ketchups, and that sort of thing. So basically, we uh, want to make fermented foods and gut health accessible to everyone. And in particular, since I've become a father, I want to make sure that we are looking after kids with their gut health as well. You know, We know that... Um, Kids are often given antibiotics willy-nilly. There's a lot of bugs and sniffles and coughs and flus that go around the schools. So, you know, any way that we can get in there and keep these kids robust and healthy, you know, we, we think that's a massive win. Um, to give you a little bit of background on myself, I am a personal trainer and health coach of 15-plus years. Um, and obviously the nutrition side of that has been a big part of my approach and sort of in the second, the second half of my career, I delved a little bit deeper, you know, going a bit further beyond just basic nutrition and I started actually delving into functional medicine and integrated medicine and I, in that stuff, it's where I really became interested in the gut and its role and function in general health and well-being and on the flip side of that. Uh, illness and sort of autoimmune disorders and all that sort of thing. So, yeah. So why did you get into fermented products specifically? I understand that you wanted to do something that was good for, for gut health and for children and, and, and things, but what, why? For, it is an odd thing to say at a dinner party. What do you do? I ferment cabbage, you know. So what got you into <laughs> fermented goods? The fermented foods in particular, I, I mean, I actually got into this stuff initially through the fermented drink side of things. Kombucha was my first real delve into oh, the world of fermented really? foods and drinks. Oh, really? Yeah, so I, I remember that, yeah. floating around, these big discs of fungus floating in the... In the that was a phase. Yeah, yeah. So I, um, I, I'd been living in London for 10 years and then I went home to Australia for a few years and I got stuck into some fermented drinks. Basically, it was due to the climate, really, like... Uh, Sydney being a beautiful hot place, I, I wanted something uh, that was cold and refreshing but also good for me. And I actually started kombucha off the back of doing an elimination diet. I did a 30-day elimination and I took out everything. But in particular, the kombucha was introduced to replace my, my coffee habit. So my, my morning routine of a coffee, I took caffeine out for 30 days and to replace that ritual of having a break for sort of half an hour and going away from the desk, sitting down in a cafe, doing a little bit of work on the laptop, I was I was actually buying kombucha at the time. And then when I actually did a bit of research into what it was and, you know, coming to the realisation that it was basically 
sugar, tea, and a little bit of starter culture. I was like, well, you know what, I can make this uh, much cheaper, and I'm sure I could make it, you know, as good, if not better. So I started making kombucha just for myself and the family and friends and some of my clients. I'd give away, you know, if I, when I had excess scobies, you know, the, the, the mother and the starter, I would I'd give those away so people could start making their own. Um, and then... I delved off into dairy kefir, water kefir, all sorts of other funky beverages. And then it wasn't until I got back to London that I actually, you know, with a change in climate, you know, slightly cooler climate, I I sort of thought to myself, what's something that I can eat or drink year-round um, and something that's a bit more accessible, you know. The kombucha I do maybe once a day, whereas when I started making the sauerkraut and the kimchi, I'd literally eat that with every meal and I would have – you know, whether it be kimchi for breakfast, sauerkraut for dinner and something else for lunch or whatnot. Um, And that's when I started doing the fermented food specifically. And it was at that time when I got back to London that I sort of got together with a good friend of mine. He was was an Aussie also. He was a friend of mine from Australia. He was a chef. And I introduced him to fermented foods and drinks, although he had a little bit of experience. He was Aussie, but he has sort of Indo-Malaysian heritage and he remembers his mum making what he remembers their kombucha and pickling, you know, doing Asian pickles and stuff like that in the past. So we sort of started bouncing ideas off each other and recipes and we started doing it for a bit of fun. And then, you know, off the back of giving stuff away to friends and family and having enough people say to us, you know, this stuff's really tasty. Is it really that good for us? And when we say to them, you know, it's a resounding yes. It's basically raw veggies, you know, naturally fermented to retain all the nutrients in the raw veg plus the probiotic bacteria, they were like, you guys really need to be doing something with this. And that's when we decided to go down the avenue of, of putting together a business and yeah, launching, launching the commercial side of what became Bottle Brush Ferments. Wonderful. And that's really interesting. So how long have you been running? The business is just over two years old from when we first commenced trading, but we 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 incorporated the business a year before that. So we, we're three years old, depending on how you look at it. Um but the first year was, you know, research and development and fine-tuning recipes and just getting out and pounding the pavement, giving, giving samples away to health stores and shops and delis and, you know, farm shops and all that sort of stuff and personal trainers and other health coaches. And then, you know, when the, when the feedback was overwhelmingly positive, that was when we decided to, to make a go of it. That's really cool. And you said you were a personal trainer. Yeah. So... I've been a PT for 15 plus years. I used to work in uh, one of London's, you know, more well-known private members club, Kickstand in Chelsea. I was there for seven years or so. Um, off the back of that, I then moved to Australia and I had my own successful body transformation clinic, um, which incorporated, you know, the training side of things, but then the nutrition and lifestyle coaching. And obviously I incorporated gut health as a cornerstone of my nutrition and lifestyle approach. And then since I've been back in London, I have been doing predominantly private clients um, and I've just launched an online and remote coaching program. Um, and I still do a bit of physical training, but the, the food business is taking up a lot of my time these days. I can imagine. So tell us about the different products that you offer because you've got lots of jars. So I met you at the Marlebone Farmer's Market and yeah. you had this bustle around you of people trying your products and different jars different flavors different colors tell us about the the range you've got quite a broad range yeah so basically we do 
it's almost split down the middle currently. We, we have two sauerkrauts, two kimchis, and then we have one in the middle. It's a bit of a hybrid, kimchi krauts. And basically, we've, we're, we're a vegan-friendly brand. I'm not vegan, but, you know, a traditional Korean kimchi has fish sauce and shrimp paste. We actually took those out, not from a vegan point of view, but from a, uh, an allergen and a cross-contaminant point of view in mm-hmm. our kitchen. So we, we just tried to simplify things there. Um, and what we actually found was that, you know, fermented foods and drinks are, are a bit of an acquired taste anyway. When we had – we did do them traditionally to start with. We had the fish sauce and the shrimp paste. But what we found was that they were really sort of off-putting to a lot of people. The smell in particular really put a lot of people off. So they wouldn't even yeah. taste it, which was on which was obviously not what we wanted. We need people to taste it to sort of get an understanding of how amazing these things can be. Sure. But anyway, long story short, we do we now do two two sauerkrauts. We do, and we, we you know I'm a simple guy. I like to keep things quite simple. We go off colour, so we have the yellow one, which is a bit of a it's an atypical sauerkraut. It's a bit of a funky one. We you know it's my Aussie spin on a on a sauerkraut. It's like white cabbage. Pineapple, ginger, and turmeric. So, you know, some potent anti-inflammatories in there with the turmeric and the curcumin. Um, it's got some ginger in there, which everyone's pretty familiar with. Great for liver cleansing and digestion and that sort of stuff. Uh, and then, you know, cabbage being the cornerstone of all our fermented foods, I believe is a massively underrated superfood, you know. Like the health benefits of both white, red, and Chinese cabbage are just massive. Um, and then we have the purple one, which is basically just red cabbage, beetroot, and caraway seed. Um, probably a more traditional sort of Polish, Eastern European type sauerkraut. Um, lovely, lovely intense colour. So, you know, as we know, we should be eating a rainbow. So, And the more intense, dark reds and purples are full of polyphenols and antioxidants and all those things that are great for us. Um, and then we, we have a product that we've been trialling recently that we're about to launch a throwback to a, a traditional sort of German sauerkraut, white cabbage, horseradish and dill. Um, you know, we, we, we launched initially with colour in mind because we, we felt like fermented foods still being quite niche and a little bit alternative perhaps. Uh, we felt like we couldn't launch with a plain sauerkraut because it just looks like soggy white cabbage in a jar, whereas the yellow and the purple have really bright, vibrant, intense colours that would draw people in visually. So that's why we launched with those two. But now we've, we've had more requests for a, a somewhat more classical sauerkraut. So we, we trialled it on our markets and people are loving it. So that will be the next to come onto the range. Um, and the other the other three products... Oh, my Lord. Wow, so happening. That, and that, oh that's goodness. the demand for your products. <laughs> Alarms are going up. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. So, yeah, the... Um, the other three products that we have are sauerkrauts. The, we have the green one, which is sort of in between a kimchi and a sauerkraut. It is the mildest in terms of heat and chilli. It has a green chilli in there, but it has lots of pak choy. It has ginger, garlic, spring onion, cucumber. So it's sort of, it's more sour than hot. So the sourness, you know, that people associate with fermented foods. Um, so it ticks a lot of boxes there in terms of, sharp, sour, a little bit of heat, and then all the flavour that comes with the ginger and garlic. And then we move on to the red one. The red one is sort of our it's, – it's what we would call a traditional Korean kimchi, but it has no none of the fish or shrimp. But it has the bright red colours from the chilli and the red pepper powder. Again, loads of fresh Napa cabbage, 
daikon radish, which again is a really underrated superfood. It's a it's the long white radish. You know, we, we sometimes get caught up in the whole eat the rainbow thing, thinking all of our greens, our reds, our oranges, our purples, but you know, we shouldn't neglect the whites as well and the the the, the, the daikon radish really fits in well there. It's it's bursting with nutrients, fiber, minerals and whatnot. So it's it's a really underrated superfood there as well. Um, the red one has a as a a really nice level of heat. It won't knock your socks off, but it'll 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 it'll, it'll fire up the palate and sort of you know it'll give you that endorphin rust of a nice spicy food without leaving you with watery eyes and a runny nose, so to speak. Um, and then the last product we have is the hot red one. It's effectively the same recipe as our kimchi, but with a hotter a hotter chili. We have the Thai bird's eye chili in there. So for those that like their kick, that's the one. Um, very similar flavour to our regular red kimchi, but with that extra level of heat. That's really so, cool. So what I like about fermented foods, uh, there is a school of thought, although there's medical evidence uh, for and against this this school of thought, that probiotics in supplement form get destroyed in the gut lining and therefore do not manage to get to the lower parts of the gut, the small intestine and the large intestine, where they can be of use. Sure. Although this has been disputed, there we are. For for those who don't like taking supplements and like taking real food, this is where your product becomes very interesting. Um, and then, you know, for those who need to repopulate their gut bacteria after they've had antibiotics, for those who don't want to go down the route of fecal transplants to replenish their microbiome, perhaps your your product is a bit more palatable than the alternatives. So it is important to look after the gut. There's been lots of research on the gut-brain axis. We have two to three kilos of gut bacteria. That's uh, that's just bacteria in general. It's not necessarily, that's just gut flora in total, not necessarily good or bad bacteria, just bacteria in general. And to have the right balance of of good bacteria to bad bacteria puts us in good stead. And it, there's been links with mental health as well. So... It's good work that you're doing. There's lots of ramifications. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and just, I just want to touch on your previous point really quickly because I obviously am a big believer in real food where where possible for the most part. But I I will still use a supplement once or twice a year to 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 give that little bit of a boost. You know, like I think there's a lot of research to suggest that the pros and cons of a of a supplement versus a live probiotic food. A supplement will normally be a, a strategically selected one, two, maybe three strains of, of a probiotic bacteria. And what they'll normally be is in a much higher count than we can get in a live food. However, our food, while not as high in total count, even though they're still very high, it's more about the diversity of species. And, you know, one of the things I speak to my customers and clients about is that we should treat the microbiome and the gut like a rainforest, we, we want a broad diversity of species. So if you think about like a wheat crop or a corn crop, you know, any any invasive species to that crop is hugely detrimental and can potentially wipe out the whole, whole crop. Whereas if you treat your gut more like a rainforest with bushes and trees and vines and mosses and, you know, many, many different species, I think that just makes you much more robust and resilient and resistant to 
uh, invasive species and infections and stuff like that, that I think that'll leave you in a much better better place. So for me, it's a combination of quantity, i.e. a supplement, maybe once or twice a year, and definitely post-antibiotics, I would probably look to repopulate and rebuild through a probiotic supplement, and then sort of keeping on top of that through diversity. And I mean, not just fermented veggies, I, I'm talking the kombuchas, the kefirs, both water and dairy, if you're not vegan, um, you know, sourdough breads, live yogurts, sour, you know, sauerkrauts, kimchi, uh, natto, tempeh, miso, all the fermented foods out there. Um, I'm big into things like bone broths and stuff as well to really nurture the gut lining. I'll take glutamine supplements to repair the gut lining if there's any kind of, uh, you know, leaky gut or gut lining compromise there. So, yeah, I'm not, I'm not solely, you know, I'm not solely interested just in eating fermented veggies. I will, like, diversify massively. So that's sort of my take on that. I'm really happy with this, Ben. You know, we've talked about fermented foods, the benefit for the gut, the fermentation process, really. The choice of your ingredients, you you take a lot of pride in that. Maybe let's talk about that. Sure. Yeah, I mean, the cabbage, I really believe, is like the unsung hero of the veg world, you know. Like, everyone everyone knows the health benefits of kale and blueberries and flaxseeds and turmeric and stuff like that. But, you know, cabbage, uh, it, it really doesn't get the, the, the proper... Um, props it deserves, you know, and a really interesting fact about fermented foods as opposed to just the raw form of the veg is that, you know, fermentation pre-digests the food. So if we're, let's say we're eating cabbage for, you know, the B vitamins or, or, the, or the vitamin C, for example, you know, let's say for argument's sake there's 200 micrograms of vitamin C in a serve. Well, if you eat fermented cabbage, the pre-digestion makes that vitamin C much more bioavailable. So you're potentially getting double, triple, quadruple the vitamin C you may get in the raw form of that of that vegetable. So, you know, cabbage on its own is an amazing superfood, I believe. And then if you eat the fermented form, which is what we obviously do, you're getting even more of those uh, veggies in a, in a much more bioavailable format. Yeah, perfect. Thank you so much, Ben, for coming on to the show. I think that's good. And if we, want, if we want to see you, we see you at the Marlebone Market. And where else are you that people can come and taste your 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 uh, products? Sure. Yeah, so I, I still personally do the farmer's markets. I do Wimbledon Market on the second and fourth Saturdays of the month. I do Marlebone on the second and fourth Sundays. We also open our kitchen, which is... A lovely big converted arch down at Spa Terminus in Bermondsey. We open that up uh, on every second Saturday as well. And that's, if you ever come down and see us on a Saturday morning, you can actually see where we physically make this stuff and then we can sell directly to you. I'm always happy to chat about this stuff. I'm very passionate about it. I love fermented foods and drinks and, you know, obviously the, the health coach in me still likes to talk about the benefits and that sort of stuff. Um, you can reach me through our Instagram page, our Facebook page, the website, I still answer all our social media. Um, and, yeah, just generally happy to talk about this stuff until That's the great. cows come home, you know. Thank you so much for coming on to the show. For everyone who's interested, it's bottlebrushferments.com. Thank you, Ben, for joining the Thanks Urban so House Podcast. Thank you so Thanks much. Thanks so much for having me, Seth. See you soon. Bye-bye.